This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hello! Monday evening edition of 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in the big chair for the one and only Reed Wilkins, who is uh, working on his 80s hair for the Def Leppard concert tonight at Rogers Place. And if you're going, oh, by the way, the 80s hair thing, not going well for Rito. Just is not, is not at all. So anyway, if you're going uh, tonight, uh, have a great time. I'm in the big chair tonight till 7.30, 7.30 to 8. It is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss as the Eskimos coming off a 26-0 win over the Toronto Argos to improve to 4-2. and two. The team will get back on the practice field tomorrow. A big game coming up. This Saturday, McMahon Stadium in Calgary. Oh, it's not Labor Day. It's not, no, no, no. It's not Labor Day yet, but it's the next game on the schedule. It is in Calgary, and it's a big one. I kind of frown upon Labor Day or, or these two teams meeting before Labor Day. I mean, it's happened, hasn't happened very often. They've often met after Labor Day. Like, I think this is the first meeting before Labor Day since, I want to say, 2014 when the Stampeders played in Edmonton. It's even stranger to have the Eskimos go to Calgary before Labor Day and play at McMahon Stadium. I think the last time that happened was 2011. Eskimos won that day um, in 2011. Of course, they got off to the big uh, what 5-1 and one start, I think, that year. Or 5-0 and oh start, yeah. And uh, But this is a big one tonight, or uh, on Saturday night. Two 4-2 teams battling and uh, trying to keep pace with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who finally lost last week against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We got the game for you from McMahon Stadium on Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon. At 3.30 is countdown to kickoff, and 5 o'clock is the kickoff from McMahon Stadium. We'll be talking football later on next half hour. The uh, BC Lions are 1-6. What? How the heck did that happen? They had Mike Riley. They spent $725,000 on Mike Riley. They were supposed to be first place. They are supposed to be Grey Cup champions. Okay, maybe not that far. But what the heck has happened with this team? Well, you don't protect your quarterback. That's a big problem. But we'll talk with uh, someone who uh, is up close and personal with, uh, with that team. He's the color analyst for the BC Lions on TSN 1040 in Vancouver. And Julio Caravada will talk to him. Also, Brendan Escott will be by after 7 o'clock along with Morley Scott. Of course, again, Morley Scott hosting the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss from 7.30 until 8. Across the glass for me tonight, nice to be, uh, nice to look at Kellen Kennedy, hey, our hey, studio hey. producer extraordinaire. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. How about you? It was, uh, man, it was a real busy weekend happening, not I, I guess, well, it always is a busy weekend sports-wise in the yeah. city, especially yeah. during the summer, but just festival-wise. Yeah. It seems to be the, the first weekend where, like, the festivals in the city really amped up and started going because you had to close, like, the final few days of K-Days I went down last night. Yeah. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Right on. Went to go see Aqua. <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. In a Barbie world. <laughs> That's a terrible uh, after, rendition. Uh, after a few adult beverages, they were really good, so... Um, <laughs> And, uh, of course, you had, for the Hard Rock fans, you had the Chaos AB Festival. You had uh, Taste of Edmonton, which I was lucky enough to go down and check out twice during the past week. Right. 
wrap up on Saturday, and that was really good. Um, you know, and just on and on and on, and so much stuff happening coming into August now. Yeah, heritage. hard to believe it's almost August. Yeah, it's hard, it is hard to believe. And, yeah, Heritage Days yeah. are uh, this weekend. Isn't this it? this weekend, then yeah. you got the Folk Fest, and you got mm. the Fringe. So, I mean, we're kind of winding down here, and it's kind of sad. It's always sad when you wind down, but we've hardly had summer here. I think we're just getting into like the massive. We're, we're about midway through the summer festivals and that stuff, and I mean, still we got like out at Castro Race where you got the hot August night on yeah. August fourteenth. You got everything happening, right? So yeah, and hopefully better weather to come. I mean, yes, we keep hoping Fingers for that. Crossed. And apparently midweek we're supposed to get more rain. All oh, that I, I mean, that downpour on Saturday out of taste oh. was scary. Like it it downpoured and then it got cold, like yeah. October cold. Yeah, like, like it hockey was hockey cold. Well, it was, yeah, like it was about 20, 22 degrees when, yeah. when right before it started to rain, and I, I look on my app and it's like thirteen degrees. I'm going. Yeah, it dropped big are, time. Are yeah. you kidding me? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So but, oh, I had a busy weekend, so it was good. Very good, very good. Yep. Well, uh, Rito's at uh, Def Leppard tonight. Yes, he's been uh, kind of teasing this for oh, I don't know. Yeah. Since Euler season ended pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. He, this has been marked on his calendar for a long time. Uh, hey, had a chance to talk to Wilkie earlier. I, I convinced him to come in before uh, he got ready for the concert tonight. Ooh. Wilkie, tonight's the night, buddy. It is the night. <laughs> Monday Night Leopard <laughs> with uh, Al Michaels, Stan Deardorff. Who was the other guy? Oh, Frank Gifford. <laughs> Michaels, Deardorff, and Gifford are opening for Def Leppard. Oh, oh they actually, are. Actually, Tesla is. I would like to see, well, I know Gifford's no longer with us, but I would like to see those three guys perform. That would be interesting. But it is Def Leppard at Rogers Place. But this will be my second time in Rogers Place as a customer, both times for Def Leppard. All right. So, now, is, is that the last time you saw Def Leppard? Was that... Is that, was it was it at Rogers? No, it wasn't. This last time, the most recent time I saw them was in June of 2017. I saw them uh, early June at Rogers Place, and then okay. I saw them. Well, it wasn't in Chicago, as I found out. No, it was not in Chicago. It was at Tinley Park, which is the equivalent. I guess it's kind of like what would be a provincial park here. It was. 30 miles south of Chicago. And that's where you learned about surge pricing or, or had an education was, on surge pricing was, on Uber? <laughs> I was, I could have been stranded there. And I, I've since found out that probably my best solution would have been to rent a car or to rent a chopper to go there. <laughs> it turned out to be a very expensive evening because actually the the Uber driver, the first Uber driver canceled before he picked me up. The second Uber driver drove me a block and said he wouldn't drive me there. And I was going there well ahead of time, but now I'm thinking, okay, interesting. And I'd looked into, there was no transit, no train out there. Right. So I hailed the cab and he, and then he explained to me whatever it was, he would have to charge me one and a half times that. Oh, wow. So it was 80 bucks. So I had to give him $120. Right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like I knew that, but the thing is I was prepared for a certain cost. Right. And then... On the way back, the concert ended, and they don't let cabs and cars into this park after a certain time. So some Uber drivers had been in ahead of time, and they were lined up. So now the Uber situation was more like a cab situation. Mm -hmm. And because of surge pricing, it was seven and a half times what it would usually be. So a $50 Uber ride back to downtown Chicago was now $350. Oh, goodness. So an Uber driver who I figured out as, as all this was happening approached me and offered me a ride. And the first thing that, ha- I, for whatever reason, the first thing that came into my mind was this guy is going to stab me. 
He's going to get me this car, drive me to some remote location. I'll be dead or injured, and he'll steal my wallet. And that's the first thing that popped, you know, the, the things you're told when you're three years old by your parents. That's the first thing that came <laughs> that into my mind as a 43-year-old I was at the time. <laughs> and then he, you know, he showed me his car, and then we started negotiating a price. And then I, and I was like, well, I, I can't pay you. Like, I don't, I don't have that much money on me. And he's like, no, no, just um, we can use, we can stop at a, he goes, we'll stop at a convenience store on the way in and you can get money out of a bank machine. And I'm still resistant. And I said, I, I, I got a Canadian debit card. It might not work. And then he said, well, you know, you can pay by credit card. And we negotiated to, I think, 225 or 250. Mm-hmm. I th- and, the, and then I was trying to think, why is he offering me? Well, because he was at the back of the Uber line. So if he waits, he could have been there till one or two in the morning, and then, then there's no surge pricing. Right. So then he's wasted three hours of his night, and he's made next to no money. Yeah. And, I, and my flight out of Chicago was at something like 6, 10 in the morning. <laughs> and I didn't want to be sitting there till 2 a.m., not in a place I didn't know. I didn't know anybody. No. So I... He took my credit card, and then I was like, okay, wait a minute. What just happened? He took my credit card. Uber is connected to my PayPal. And then I realized he wasn't running this through Uber. <laughs> he had the little, it's called Square, Yeah. It, the little connection on his, so he got all this money. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, good for him. He jumped the queue, and he saw a guy <laughs> that needed a ride, and he turned out to be, like, the nicest guy in the world. He was a university student uh, who immigrated to the United States about, Eight, eight years prior and he told me about his family and there was one point there was a I think he sensed I was nervous because when he pulled out of the provincial park or the park downtown Chicago was behind us and he said he says, okay I'm going to turn this way and the city will be behind us but I'm, I'm taking you there I have to go this way to get on the ramp and he, he was he was very nice so I got back and uh, I went across the street to a uh, a pub and had chicken wings and a beer at one in the morning and I think I slept for an hour and 10 minutes and then got up and got to the airport for 4.30 and got the flight home. But on a high still. Yeah, It was a heck of a story and I guess that was my travel budget for the year. It was just the travel budget was total of about 60 miles as opposed to a flight somewhere. Okay, Reed, do you have a top five list of your favorite Def Leppard songs? I do. It changes, <laughs> probably depending on where you ask. I'll, I'll, the, Pour Some Sugar On Me is a classic song. Mm-hmm. It is my number one. Yeah. Uh, I think probably over the last decade or so, Rocket has emerged as my number two. Uh, Foolin' is, I'd put third. That's off, uh, p- off Pyromania. White Lightning, which is track five on Adrenalize, which is an incredible epic seven-minute track. That's one of my favorites. And then uh, right now, just to go a little newer, I will go Dangerous, which is track two off uh, the album they put out in 2015. Though probably most days that wouldn't be in my top five, but I'll put it there to there. It, it's, it's the song that yeah. often plays coming back at the start of the 7 o'clock hour That's on right. Side Sports. I, I, know, I know it exactly, yeah, because I've heard it and I've been in the chair uh, when that song plays. So, I mean, you could have a, so many lists, and I, I, I don't disagree with you at all it could change i'll tell you what song is not on your list (laughs) and i'll tell this story very quickly uh back uh a while ago you were the producer of 
Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, and you would do some shows. I know you do the odd show now. You don't do as many shows as you did back then, but you would do the odd show uh, when Bob was away. So I was your uh, studio operator, producer. And so I'm like, I'm going to wow Reed Wilkins, and I'm going to wow him and impress him and all that, and I'm going to play a Def Leppard song. So I played Let's Get Rocked, and I'm like, I'm so proud. And then... You got on the mic and said, Dave, I, that, that's great. You played a Def Leppard song, but I got to tell you, I don't like that song. <laughs> okay. You know what? That, I shouldn't have done that to you because that was good initiative. I actually don't mind Let's Get Rocked. It is a fun song. It's fun to hear live. I think the reason I'm not as high on it as some other people is because it was the first single off Adrenalize, yeah. The Long Wait After Hysteria. I wish they would have picked something else for the single to kind of reintroduce themselves to the yeah. music world because it's not the most complex song. Uh, but the one Def Leppard song that is popular and I actually do not like, mm. I do not like to listen to is Two Steps Behind. Yeah. I think it's an incredibly uh, boring, sappy song that isn't <laughs> isn't at, on par with their other ballads. You love Bites is great. It's love a great Bites ballad. is great. And, and you know what? Adrenalize gets panned a lot as an album, and I get it. Uh, but another great mid-tempo ballad off that song is off that album is a song called Stand Up that would mm-hmm. probably be in my top ten. That's a wonderful song. Have fun tonight, buddy. I will. Reed Wilkins, host of this show, Inside Sports, uh, off to the Def Leppard concert tonight, as many of you are at Rogers Place. Uh, Reed will be back in the big chair uh, tomorrow. So I remember that very well. Uh, yeah, play Let's Get Rocked, and I'm going, because I, I like that song. I really do. It's it's not in my top five Def Leppard songs, but um, and I'm not as big of a Def Leppard fan as Reed Wilkins, but you know I do like the band very much. Um, I have Mirrorball on there on the uh, that was their live album. Uh, it's on my iPod. I love Mirrorball. And somehow, I mean, you, you download a live album and you are playing with fire, folks, because sometimes the live stuff doesn't sound as good as the studio stuff. Mirrorball just killed it, in my opinion. So here I am. Let's get rocked. And um, yeah, I, I think, like Reed said, I like the song, but not my, not my favorite. Now, Two Steps Behind. Wasn't that a, uh, Kellen, a uh, theme song or uh, on the soundtrack to an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that was awful? Probably. Like, oh, I can't remember. Was it the one with Alyssa Milano? Or not Melissa? No. No, No, that's too far back. Yeah. It was like he was in a... Uh, like a, he was a video game character or a, I don't know what it was here. I'm just, I'm going to quickly look it up here. Yeah, Google will tell you. Yeah, Google will For tell sure. me. Yeah. While you're doing that, I'll just back up your, uh, and people who have listened to the show have heard me talk about this, but we're talking about Leopard with Reed and that stuff and everything. Uh, I'm a big classic rock buff, so of course all the stuff from the 80s I love. Um, On Through the Night is probably my favorite Leopard album just because of the artwork on the front, and I think it was one of their very first albums. Yeah. Because it's got the big rig truck on the front with hauling the giant guitar through the stars yeah, that's and that pretty stuff cool. and everything. It's pretty cool. And then me being an excited 11 or 12 year old and finally picking this thing up on cassette and then realizing that hey the song on for tonight is not on this album it's on high and dry <laughs> and then trying to plead with you know the parental unit oh can i get an extra 10 bucks to get high and dry <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah uh, i i yeah that's a good one hysteria is a good one hysteria might be their all-time best album by the way the movie is last last action hero oh last action hero which was awful 
And nice well, to meet you. Nice. Corner, <laughs> yeah. corner phrase. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, whoever's going to the Def Leppard concert tonight, enjoy. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening tonight on 6.30 Chat Inside Sports. Okay. Uh, it's 6.21. We'll uh, take a break. Uh, we'll set up the uh, next half hour of the show. And a uh, reminder, the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss will get underway just after... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 7.30, hosted by the one and only Morley Scott. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Give you a scoreboard update. Toronto Blue Jays beginning a series in Kansas City against the Royals. Bottom of the first at 0-0. Of course, uh, this is the day after Marcus Stroman, their uh, pitcher, traded to the New York Mets. That's Stroman whining today. I want to go to the Yankees, not the Mets. Well, he went to New York. Uh, Yeah, exactly. New York's a big city. It's like, dude, you're a good pitcher when you get your mind right and get your head in the game. But stop whining about where you get traded to. And then he apparently got into a spat with the coaches, you know, as he's leaving the locker room. I mean, he may be right or not, but as he's leaving the room, okay, guys, leaving the room now, going to New York. And by the way, by the way, I'm not happy with you. Or you, 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 you. Classy. Come on, Marcus, be better than that. By the way, Bo Bichette is in the game tonight, makes his Major League debut at shortstop. Freddie uh, Galvis uh, hurt. Before mm-hmm. the game. So that means Bo Bichette, Calvin Biggio, and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. are all on the team and are batting tonight. Might as well. They wow. stink. And this is a glimpse of the future where probably in a few years we're not saying they stink. We're saying this is a pretty good ball club. So pretty exciting stuff. So 0-0 in the bottom of the first inning. News is next from the 630 Chad 24-hour news center with uh, Cassandra Jodouin. When we come back, the 1-6 BC Lions. What? And I think Mike Riley just got sacked twice in the last two minutes. This is 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. Welcome back to the show. So Bo Bichette makes his Blue Jays debut at shortstop. uh, Second pitch he faces in his Major League debut. It's a base hit. And I believe the Jays just hit into a double play, so Bichette is now down. But uh, nice little start for Bo Bichette, who gets a lot of congratulatory high fives and hugs as he hits the bench and the Blue Jays dugout. So, hey, why not? I mean, the Jays have been trading assets. I mean, Eric Sogard moved to the uh, Tampa Bay Rays for a pair of players to be named later. Marcus Stroman to the Mets. You might as well. 
Don, uh, you got uh, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Kevin Biggio all on the roster. You might as well give it a shot. Well, the Eskimos, they are back in action on Saturday in Calgary at McMahon Stadium. We got it for you right here on 630, Chad. 3.30 is countdown to kickoff from McMahon Stadium with Morley and yours truly, Blake Dermott, also uh, by as well our in-game analyst. 5 o'clock is the kickoff. The BC Lions, they're on a bye week after losing again. Uh, 45-18 to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's a week after they played pretty well for three quarters in, in Saskatchewan and maybe their best offensive performance of the season and then things just fell apart. They gave up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Mike Riley, after the game on Saturday, uh, talking about the fact that the team now on a bye week hopefully can reset as the team is now one in six on the season. I think it'll help the guys to just kind of clear their heads and reassess uh, what you know what we're trying to do here and what's important and uh, what it's going to take. You know, we're certainly not in a great situation right now. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot of football left to play, but it's only going to matter if we start playing good football. If we keep playing the football we played right now, it doesn't matter how much football there is left, we're not going to get anywhere. And that's the key. Are they going to get anywhere anyway, even if they start winning? It's still relatively early in the CFL, but things don't look good to talk about. It is a, about this. is Julio Caravada, radio color analyst for the BC Lions on TSN 1040 in Vancouver. Buddy, how you doing? I need to, I need to buy two. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Well, I don't know where to start here. I mean, 45-18 loss. Uh, the first two, we will start here. The first two offensive plays for the Lions against the Riders on Saturday, what was it, a, a QB pressure and a sack, and then, yeah. then, the, then the, the Lions are punting. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that kind of really kind of almost kind of sums it up uh, pretty much for through the year to this point. Um yeah, there's just no question that this team, um, they're not good enough up front, plain and simple, uh, both offensively and defensively. Um, and if you, can, if you can't win the line of scrimmage, you're just not going to give yourself a chance. Um, so, um, you know, that's what needs to be fixed. And, <coughs> excuse me, there's a couple other, you know, uh, I think some other holes that could be filled but right now, the most important thing is that they, they try to find a way to generate a pass rush and um, protect their quarterback. So they've already made a trade with Calgary for a right tackle. I think that's you know, going to help them. They're going to change the ratio there. Um, and, and don't be surprised if, if they go out and you know, make a trade on a defensive end or a defensive tackle some way, somehow. Um, I think those are the two priorities right now. You know, when you look at you look at the Lions in the offseason, and of course they spent the big money on Mike Riley, yeah. that $725,000 contract, and it's not like they ignored their old line. They spent yep. money on the old line. They brought in Suk Chung. Um, they re-upped Joel Figueroa. Uh, Hunter Stewart. Hunter Stewart. So yep. they beefed up the old line, and I think Suk Chung was a good signing. Um, it hasn't translated. And, and the player you're mentioning is Justin Renfro, who is uh, yeah. uh, with the Calgary Stampeders and wasn't playing, wasn't in their plans. So he's going to get the chance to, to be solidified uh, with the BC Lions. But when you look at that offensive line um, and the fact that Ed Hervey, he values both. He values both lines after the quarterback. He will spend yeah. the money on the O and D line. Didn't do that much on the D line. We'll talk about that in a second. But... Is it shocking to you that this O-line is just not performing up to the yeah. standard that they should be? No question. Yeah, no, no. You know what, Dave? I, I think, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we always have such great conversations whenever we see each other about the game and, 
Um, you know, you've seen a lot of football. I've seen a lot of football. And, and I think, you know, I mean, your, your history, obviously, with Ed Hervey, you know the kind of football team that he wants to uh, put together. Um, they, he, he, first and foremost, they want to be physical. And, yep. you know, he, he wants and, – and he, and he says it's, it's up front. It's O-line, D-line. And you're right. He, he went out and he spent some money up front. But here's the thing. Um, you know, and, and what I try to relate it to is to people who are, um, you know, who, who watch a lot of hockey, they can say the same. You know, like when the Edmonton Oilers signed Milan Lucic, I mean, their expectation was that he was going to bring, you know, X to the table. And, you know, when you, when you do that, you, you're, your anticipation is you're going to get a player who's going to perform to a certain level. And when you don't get that performance, then, you know, there, there's a problem. And so what I can honestly tell you is that you're right. You, know, you signed Sue Chung. Um, you sign Hunter Stewart. Um, you bring in Brett Boyko. Um, you know, you re-up last year. They re-upped uh, Devon Coleman. They, they, Claudel Lewis w- w- came in with higher expectations at defensive tackle. The one hole that they had was at defensive end. And they felt that they could, they, they were hoping that they could go out and find a young up-and-coming defensive lineman that, you know, who needed a chance to play. And that's where they were going to try to try to find that guy. But when you have a, a number of different guys who underperform, who aren't playing up to their capabilities, then you get what the Lions have right now. Yeah. And that's, that's, the plain, that's the plain and simple truth. I mean, if we were just sitting here talking about Devon Coleman and how, you know, he doesn't look anywhere near what he did last year. He had eight sacks last year. He had two interceptions. He was all over the place, and he has been nowhere to be found, right? Claudel Lewis was a healthy scratch last week. They replaced him with a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, those are the kinds of scenarios when you get into them as a football team that when they have them in, in, in groups, like in numbers, so like, you know, three, four of those guys are all underachieving, then you get the record that they have. And, you know, what it does is it, it puts you, you – you're always hoping and, and wondering, okay, we're going to try to be patient. We're gonna, hopefully these guys will work their way through it. But it hasn't been the case here. And, and I know Ed has is, is, is reached a point where he can't wait no longer. And he's going to go out. And, and as I said, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised the next couple of days you're going to see you know, some action coming from the BC Lions as far as, as trying to improve that, uh, that front uh, offensively and defensively. Julio Caravada joining us, the radio color analyst for the BC Lions on TSN 1040 in Vancouver, joins us here on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports uh, this evening. Dave Campbell in for Weed Wilkins tonight. Could one of those uh, players that could be coming in, I'll just throw a name at you, uh, he's not playing for the Toronto Argos right now, uh, Sean yes. Lemon. Yes. It seems like a fit, a natural Yeah, well, fit. he was here, right? He yeah. was here last year, and, you know, I mean, he, he was here, I think, for the last 12 games, had nine sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so... Uh, the other name that I've heard is Alex Bassey. Um, yep. You know what I mean? And those are the kinds of guys that they need to see. When You know what, Dave, again, you, you've been around long enough to know that when, when you get in these kinds of the slumps, as a, as, a, as a whether it's football or hockey or whatever, when you get to this point, you know, you need to change some things. You need to change the voice in the, in the locker room. You need to change something um, to try to turn this thing around. And, and, and what you can't do, and especially with the fan base, here that's so upset about what's happened because of the high expectations coming into the season, you know, you're forced to go in and, and, and do something. And that's why I say, you know, the Lions aren't done and, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be doing some more, I would imagine, um, to try to show not only themselves, but to their fans that uh, they're not happy with what's happening and that they have to change some things. You know, looking at a shot of Ed Hervey, and there were several shots of him 
on oh. the sidelines near the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And knowing Ed well enough, as, as yeah. I do and you do, he is the ultimate competitor. Yeah. He is intense. He is almost sometimes very hard to approach during a football yeah. season because he's just so intense that he just yeah. he just he kind of shuts everything out. It is the first time I've ever seen Ed Hervey with a lost look and perplexed look on his face. Yeah, you know, and I, yeah, and when he admits two weeks ago that. I I over or overestimated the roster, and I thought we had the pieces to uh, to to fit in our system and what we want. And he realizes he doesn't have it. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, you're not behind the eight ball. You you are miles and miles of miles behind of what you think you need to be, where where you need to be. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree totally. And 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 you're right. Now, you know, I mean, like you say, Ed Ed, I think has shown a lot of patience and and you know you also got to remember too like when when you bring in Devon Claybrooks who's a new head coach and he brings his entire coaching staff and when you're working with a with a guy um for the first time you know you, you you're 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 developing that relationship and you're finding out okay you know the, the coach may say hey listen I, I I know this guy I want this guy and your general manager say you know what yeah okay here you go you know and so you're getting that give and take right but I think to a certain point, you get the general manager where Ed is now that's saying, okay, I tried it your way, and it's not working. Right. And now it's not, now it's my turn. So, you know, maybe there, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that there's any, you know, there's a problem between the two, but you know how it works, right? Mm-hmm. A coach wants a player, a GM wants a player, and you know what, this, okay, I'll, I'll give them to you, let's see what happens, and blah, blah, blah. And the same could be on the other side, right? The coach may like not like one of the players they brought in. So, what, where they are now is that they've got to make they've got to now make change. And I think Ed and you like you hit it right on the head. You know Ed the way I know Ed. He's a competitive guy, and this does not sit well with him. But he's also the kind of guy that is willing to go out and pull the trigger um, on a move that he thinks couldn't help him. You know, he'll make a football trade. Like he he knows that he has to give something up in order to get it. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, you knew right away with the trade with Calgary for the right tackle that you're going to he, – he obviously is addressing a concern right away. So he's telling you, okay, we're not good enough at right tackle. We, need, we needed to bring somebody else in. And so there you go. There's addressing one. Now you're going to need to bring in and, – and, and Lemon, I've heard his name a couple of times. It would be interesting to see if that comes through because, again, you know him. Um, he's, got a, he's got a history with the co- some of the coaches here and with Ed. And you know what he brings to the table. He's a veteran. He's a positive guy, and that's kind of what you need. You need to have a voice in that locker room right now that's a little bit different, that's going to bring a little bit more of an energy and a, and a, and a, and a, a charisma that you need when, you need when you're in a hole like this. Because, um, you know, when you lose the way the Lions are losing, and, and in any sport, when you start to do this, you, you're, you're mentally and psychologically, you're so fried that when, things, when one thing goes wrong, you're done. You know, you're thinking, oh, my God, here we go again. Yeah. And, and, and what you need to do is you need to find players that don't have any history with what's happened and are going to come in here and fly around and make plays. And, and that's what it's going to take. And, and it'll be interesting to see whether or not they can, you know, you know draw, some, draw some new players and some new blood in here to change things up if that, if that can work. Um, and, yeah. you know, guys like me are going to wait around and, and see if it can work. 
And, you know, and, and you made a good point. Uh, your last point there is we're speaking with uh, Julio Caravada from uh, TSN 1040 in Vancouver here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. He's the radio color analyst for, for the BC Lions broadcast on TSN 1040. But bringing in guys that are hungry. You know, Sean Lemon's been waiting yeah. around. Alex Bassey's been waiting around. I don't know if Brock Sunderland's going to make it easy on Ed Hervey to make that deal if that, that happens because I think the Eskimos still see some value with Alex Bassey, but he's not playing. So maybe you give him a chance. You know, Vidal Hazelton's name is been brought up when, when, yes, when I look exactly. at the receiving core. He's not yeah. doing anything right now. Eskimo fans know him. Bringing in guys that would be hungry and a little PO'd maybe as well. A little ticked off that their situation didn't work out where they were or a guy like Hazelton who didn't get signed. You know, that could maybe bring that fresh energy in the, and, a, and a shot in the arm for a team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 they've been around the league and they they know like they know the game. It's not like you're bringing in someone who, you know, hasn't played here and doesn't really kind of understand the dy- dynamics. All every one of those guys that you mentioned. The other guy I heard was a Darius Bowman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another guy that I've heard, right? And then what you're also doing too with Mike Riley is that you're bringing in guys that he has a comfort level with, right? Because I think one of the things that's the problem, and 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 it's it's you know when you talk to them they'll say but you can tell mike when he drops back that there's a little bit of hesitation with you know is he 100 percent sure that the guys are going to be where they're going to be and so what does he do like he's always having you know i mean i don't tell you you saw him play all those years in edmonton you know i mean he's one of those guys that is going to hold on to the ball for a half second longer to make that throw right he wants to be able to see that guy open up downfield so he can make that throw and 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 here um, you know, I think he's gone to the point where now he doesn't want to try those things because he's afraid, okay, is a receiver going to be where I think he's going to be? And so now you create that little bit of doubt where now he's saying, okay, now I don't want to turn the ball over and I don't want to make a mistake. And, and when you're pulling the trigger the way Mike is, like, you know, he, he, when, you, when you create that little bit of doubt or am I going to get hit, am I going to get pressured, all those things come into play. And you now, you, you, you get a quarterback that's not going out there and reacting and playing the game the way he's normally playing. He's going out there thinking way, way too much about other things. And that's where you, where you have a game that he played last week. Like, I don't know if I've seen him play a game like that um, in how many years. I, I don't know if I've ever seen him play a game yeah. like that. I mean, 66 yards passing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I mean, the the lowest number I can recall uh, is is uh, even worse than 66 yards. Was at Hamilton in 2015, the the game where Zach Caleros got hurt and ripped his knee up. Uh, He had 49 yards passing that day, did Riley, and that was in a in a gale force wind. So that wasn't because he was bad that day. It was conditions. Conditions, yeah. yeah. So you know, and they can't stay balanced. I mean, balance would help them, but and it looked it looked great for three quarters in Regina and That's then all I of a mean, sudden bang bang yeah. bang they're behind see and, and 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 again you make a very good point is that what people here are saying is that why not continue that right like when when you struggle offensively what you try to do is you say okay let's simplify things yeah. let's make it a lot easier let's get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and most importantly let's put the ball in a guy's hands or or guy's hands who can make a play for me and, and, again, another guy I don't need to tell you about is John White, right? I mean, he's a guy, and same with Brandon Rutley, right, the way they can run the ball. And, again, just swing the ball out to him in the open field somehow, some way with a screen or dumps or shoot patterns or whatever it is. And now all of a sudden you put the ball in his hands. You say, okay, if he makes a guy miss, he turns a five-yard route into a, a 10-yard, 15, maybe more. 
And that's what you need from a quarterback who's struggling or, or, or trying to find his way. You now are making the game a little bit easier for him. You know, sometimes, like, you know, I, I always like use analogies for any other sport. Sometimes when you, you're a basketball player, you know, when you're shooting a, a, a basket, you I mean the, the hoop looks like it's 10 feet wide. Yeah. And other times you're, it's going to be like it looks like it's a golf hole. Yeah. And the same can be said about golfers and about any other sport. Like sometimes when your confidence is not there, you know, your hesitation really hurts you. And that's where Mike is right now. He's, I, you, you can see it in, the, in his eyes. You can see it in the way that he is playing the game. He's not playing it loose and carefree like we're used to seeing him. Like he's going out there dictating, hey, listen, I remember, I mean, all those years when he was in Edmonton, I used to say, my God, but every time he walked out on the field, I'm going, they're going to score. Mm-hmm. They are going to score every time he goes on the field because he's just so, you mean, he, the way he conducted himself, the way the confidence that the offense there had, the players, they just were feeding off of him. Like, there was nothing they couldn't do. And now, where is that? Mike Riley's the same player. I mean, physically, he's the same guy. But w- mentally, he's, he's, he's reached the point where he's, he's frustrated. And um, he's, he's, he's lost a bit of his confidence. And now, the break, hopefully, will, will do wonders for them and this entire team to go, you know, try to get away from the game. It'll be difficult, but get away from there and come back refreshed. And hopefully, there'll be some new faces in that locker room that can that can bring a, a, a bit of excitement to this team because that's what they need. Yeah, interesting to see what will happen this week because you're right, yeah. Ed Hervey's not going to sit on his hands. He's going to do no. something. He's going to no do way. something or several things this week for sure. Exactly. So. I, I totally agree. All right, Julio, thanks, my friend. Appreciate it. A- anytime, Dave. Uh, enjoy your uh, week, and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate sure. it. Julio Caravada, radio color analyst for the BC Lions. From Team 1040 in Vancouver, the 1-6 BC Lions. I didn't think they would be the the dominant team in the CFL. It was kind of hard to predict that at the start of the year, even with Mike Riley in BC. 1-6, never would have predicted that. Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Andre Vasileski, he's rich. He's much richer than he was yesterday. Signed an eight-year, $76 million contract extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning. A cap hit of $9.5 million per season with the Vesna Trophy winner. Lightning Vice President and GM Julian Breezebois says the 25-year-old has shown unmatched work ethic professionalism both on and off the ice. The club looks forward to Vasileski continuing his career in Tampa Bay for the foreseeable future. All-Star appeared in 53 games last season, went 39-10-4 and with a 2.40 goals against average, a 9-1-9 save percentage, and helped the Lightning match the NHL single-season record with 62 wins. Did it help in the playoffs? Did it! They were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not Andre Vasilevsky's fault at all. They kind of got sleepy in the end. Columbus was a hot team coming in. Well, they won like eight of nine going into the playoffs. They really, really put on the pressure uh, in that playoff series. New home for the Calgary Flames will be debated tomorrow in City Council Chambers. City and Flames owner Calgary Sports and Entertainment have a tentative agreement to equally split the cost of a $550 
$550 million event center, which would replace the 36-year-old Saddle Dome. New Jersey Devils acquired left winger Nikita Gusev from the Vegas Golden Knights, signed him to a two-year deal with an average annual salary of $4.5 million. Devils sending a 2020 third-round draft pick and a 2021 second-round pick to Vegas. The uh, 27-year-old Gusev has spent his entire professional career in the KHL in Russia, four-time KHL All-Star. This is all about trying to keep Taylor Hall beyond next season. Did you see the number they gave him? The number they gave him? No. Yep. He will be wearing number 97 for the New Jersey Devils <laughs> this year. Kid you not. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Well, there's. I think there's a lot of Oilers fans speculating. Maybe he comes here, plays with the current 97. The 97 in the National Hockey League, Connor McDavid. Uh, a lot has to happen for that to happen, I think. So, mm-hmm. But it's fun to talk about. News is next for the 630 Chen 24-hour news center with, got it right this time, Adam Prills. When we come back, do the Oilers deserve an F-minus for their work in the offseason? Uh, we'll talk about that after the news. Campbell in for Wilkins on 630 Chen Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.